Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light Shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What about Kirk Cousins? Because everyone likes to take shots at Kirk Cousins, but look at the numbers, especially the first half of the season. Kirk Cousins, when it came to fantasy, Adam, pretty good. Yeah. He was pretty great. He was the quarterback 11 last year. And I know a lot of people will look at Kirk Cousins and see that he's the cake donut of NFL quarterbacks. Like, he's not flashy. There's no sprinkles. It's not a it's not a maple bar or anything like that. But it's solid. I like a cake donut. Like, sometimes it's appropriate. It goes with your coffee. It complements you very well. And I think with the upgrade in the coaching department, at least offensively, I think Kevin O'Connell comes out there helps get him to another level. These guys have a working relationship going back to their time in Washington. You look at the team in Minnesota, the receivers, Justin Jefferson uh, played very well. The rookie last year, uh, Osborne, was very good. I think there's an opportunity for Kirk Cousins to kind of replicate what he did last year and be a solid quarterback one for you. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast. We do this every Monday and Thursday at 6.15 p.m. Central Time. Make sure you subscribe to the Viking Age YouTube channel, comment, do all those cool things so you never miss a new episode. My name is Chris Shad. I am joined by my co-host, Adam Patrick. And let's start right away with the big news for the Vikings. The Vikings are hosting former Green Bay Packers offense, or excuse me, outside linebacker Zadarius Smith. 26 sacks in 2019 and 2020 with the Green Bay Packers. Played in just two games last year. He has former experience with Vikings assistants Mike Pettin and Mike Smith, who coached him in Green Bay. And he agreed to a four-year, $35 million deal with the Ravens but he backed out. So the Vikings cannot afford that number. But Adam, let's start here. How do you feel about Zadarius Smith almost coming to Minnesota? I mean, right before we went on here, he just tweeted out, you know, uh, meet at the quarterback, which is uh, supposedly the the saying of the famed purple people eaters. Uh, so that, you know, that's either him having fun with uh, social media like others, other players like to do today, or he's indicating that he might be close to just signing with the Vikings. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense, given that the Vikings are switching to uh, a three-four uh, base defense, and like you mentioned, they he already has experience with uh, their outside linebackers coach Mike Smith and uh, their defensive uh, assistant or assistant head coach or whatever Mike Pettin. Um, so it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Packers cannot afford him because they can barely afford the guys on their own roster. Um, and then, you know, whatever happened with the Ravens, it sounds like that's, he could go back there, but it sounds like it's not going to, not going to work out there. So, and then I think Chris Thomason reported earlier today that the Vikings, if needed, they can clear, you know, enough cap space to give, uh, Zedaria Smith a substantial offer. What I would like to see is them be able to lock him up for more than a year because I think uh, I'm kind of tired of these these one year contracts because I I as much as you know I get excited about these players being with the Vikings it doesn't really show a lot of commitment from either the player or the team so I would like to see at least two years uh, for Z- Zedarius Smith if he lands with the Vikings but I think it makes a lot of sense uh, and if they keep Daniel Hunter and they have Zedarius Smith and Daniel Hunter as their two edge rushers. 
that is something to get excited about. Um, what are your feelings? Well, I tweeted out a uh, meme last night of Barney getting thrown out of Moe's bar uh, from yeah. The Simpsons. Yeah. And the tweet is already up to 250 likes. Uh, fans are kind of fed up with the Vikings right now. It was a short honeymoon process. Everybody kind of expected a fire sale. And I think expectations were set toward a lot of veterans leaving. But the Vikings are, by all accounts, rolling back the same team right now. And this is a jolt of energy that they need not only on the field, but in the court of public opinion. If you look at the state of Minnesota sports right now, or even just today, Saturday morning, late Saturday, or I guess it would be early Saturday morning, but really early. And somehow I was up for it. The Minnesota Twins signed Carlos Correa. Everybody's excited about that. Today, the Minnesota Wild traded for Mark andre Fleury, a future Hall of Famer, for a second round pick. Everybody's jacked about that. Even the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are the epitome of a professional sports dumpster fire over the last 20 years, are in the sixth spot in the Western Conference, and they're playing Dallas right now in a very important game. And the Vikings are just running back a team that has now been under 500 for 800 days. That is not good. So any bit of positive news that they could use they're going to take it. And Zedarius Smith would be that positive news. Viking fans are very familiar with him destroying our offensive line. Uh, Garrett yep. Bradbury in particular, but who <laughs> hasn't? Like, I, I think him and Hunter would be a very formidable pass rusher. And I think with the new scheme, you're not going to see what you saw with Unique Ngakwe. Because when he came in, everybody was excited and been like, all right, that's awesome. We got two pass rushers. And then the Vikings coaching staff decided they didn't want him, which turned out to be foreshadowing the brawl between Zimmer and the Vikings front office toward, toward the end of the tenure. So I am lukewarm about it because I know yeah. the salary cap is kind of uh, a tricky situation. It's uh, a myth. But like, yeah. That's what they say, right? The yep. Saints are proving it's a myth because somehow <laughs> yeah. they can make $70 million disappear. Now, next yep. year, they'll only be $110 million over the cap or something. Yep. But they're who just, cares? They're yep. under it this year, right? <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm just cautiously optimistic because this offseason hasn't gone the way that many of us have expected so far. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair because I think a lot of, a lot of people are optimistic because just because, you know, of the initial, uh, you know, press conferences and whatever from Kevin O'Connell and, and Quasi Adolfo Mensa and how like how welcoming they might seem and, and how how different they are from the past regime. And then I think we kind of forget that Quasi's in his first year ever as a GM. Kevin O'Connell is in his first year ever as a head coach. There is no guarantee that these guys are going to be su successful, and there's no guarantee that they're going to be unsuccessful. I think the the Vikings, uh, the people that hired these people are kind of banking on Kevin O'Connell kind of being like a Kevin Stefanski was for the Browns, where he was a rookie head coach. He went to a team that, that needed some new leadership and new direction. And I think they're kind of just banking on that. And then the Browns, Stefanski led the Browns to the playoffs that year. So the, the Vikings are kind of hoping for that. Um, I think this Zadarius Smith signing would be a sign towards still wanting to compete uh, then, you know, after they do this, I would like to, them to sign somebody, you know, maybe on the offensive line who's not a utility guard or, you know, someone who has eight starts in their entire career. You know, maybe maybe a J.C. Treader who was with the Browns when when Quasio Dofomenza was there. Of course, and you have to figure out what to do with the, you know, immaculate Garrett Bradbury, who Kevin O'Connell is apparently infatuated with. Uh, but, you know. This, 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 even this meeting with Zadarius Smith, I think, is a good sign that that the Vikings are moving in a direction to to try and bring in more pieces. Because right now they only have like what, like 35, 40 players on their roster, and they need ninety. Uh, so they gotta add a bunch, and they're not gonna do it all through the draft. So I think we're still we still got a bunch of moves to see them make. Uh, this might be it. Could be their biggest. It could be their not, but. I like the cautiously optimistic view because I think that's the approach you have to take with this new regime because we just don't know whether it's good or bad. And just and also, 
I would like to say this because I think a lot of people have maybe been getting after me and you for just stating facts and kind of being honest. Honesty is not negativity, okay? Just because we're not all happy and, you know, just, just jumping for joy that, that the Vikings have a new regime. And, and we I think we are happy that they, they made this decision. But we're also realistic in, in knowing that it's not a guarantee that these this first-year GM and this first-year head coach are immediately going to come in and be successful. And that's not negative. That's just stating a fact. Uh, so that's what I want to say on that. Is, that. is there anything else you have to say? <laughs> I mean, thinking about it on that standpoint, I think you and I were talking afterwards. Like, we love the Vikings. We're both Viking yeah. fans. That's what. That's yeah. why we're here, right? I just don't like lying to my audience. <laughs> right. Like that. That's right. just kind of the thing. I kind of feel like this team has just tried the same thing over and over and over again. When you see them doing the same things that the last regime did, you have a lot of questions about it. And I know it's only been three official weeks since they got started. I guess technically Quasi mm-hmm. was what hired in January, but you know, they, they haven't had a lot of time and they also have to be careful that they don't make a move that ruins their franchise. And I don't think that makes mm-hmm. them cowardly by any means. Um, mm-hmm. Matthew Collar was talking about on today's purple insider podcast that, you know, Robert Woods gets traded to the Tennessee Titans for a sixth round pick because the Rams have salary cap issues. Well, the Vikings have salary cap issues too, but if Quasi trades Adam Thielen for a sixth round pick, we're going to want him ran out of town. Like he can't lose his first trade. So that's why we're sitting here kind of with all those things. And it it feels like we've seen the same movie before, but if they sign Darius Smith, it's a step in the right direction. It shows them they have an idea of how to improve this team, which right now it just looks like they're just going to happily run back the same guys and hope Kevin O'Connell's field trips do something. I I don't think that's negative. I think that's just kind of skepticism. It's constructive Mm -hmm. criticism. And if they wind up making a couple moves to make this team better, we're all going to feel better. We're going to feel jacked. I mean, Zadarius Smith is just one step in a line of several other moves. Like if they have a great draft, it's whatever. My biggest issue with this is based off of a piece that I wrote last August about Mike Zimmer. And it was called somebody give Mike Zimmer a cigarette because this whole team is organized like a slot machine. There's a whole bunch of outcomes that they're hoping just all hit and they hit the jackpot. And Zimmer eventually ran out of money in his coin purse and had to get hauled away by the pit boss. Well, now Kevin O'Connell's sitting down. It's like, oh, what what are these smokes doing here? I guess I'll take a couple of spins. And, you know, two years later, he might be getting hauled out just like Mike Zimmer was. That's not saying I hate Kevin O'Connell and everything. I think he could be a very good coach. But I also think, hey, just to act like a new coach is going to snap his fingers and things are going to get better. It's just not realistic. So, yeah. Well, and a bunch of the. If you feel. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say a bunch of the rookie head coaches. Last year, and typically, you know, not a, not all of them are like Kevin Stefanski. They don't come in and they aren't successful right away. You look at Robert Sala last year with the Jets. Uh, you know, you look at, uh, well, you can look at the Eagles head coach, and, and he was a little successful. You look at what Urban Meyer was terrible hire. Uh, that's, that's, that's a real grinder, other, though. That's a whole nother uh, issue. Grinder. You know, yeah, the first year head coach in Houston, like, again, these are all like, you could say separate separate cases or these are all separate cases and and they're different circumstances for the Vikings and and whatever but you know a rook being a rookie head coach is not easy like Kevin O'Connell he was an offensive coordinator he's got a lot on his table right now um and he's never had anything like this before I'm sure he has a ton of help from uh you know Mike Pettin and a bunch of guys on the staff but it's still a lot for someone in their first year. You know, you think about quarterbacks coming in and, and everything they have on their table in their first year, and they say how everything just moves so fast. I feel like being a first-year head coach is probably similar. Um, so, yeah, again, I go back to the being cautiously optimistic. Yes, we like to be optimistic, uh, but you also don't want to be delusional, which, you know, sometimes I feel like that line is is kind of, uh, teetered or, or whatever. So 
you know, I like the I, cautiously optimism or cautious optimism. And I yeah. think I think one of the most frustrating things about this is that, you know, once Kirk Cousins was signed, and I'm not saying it's entirely Kirk Cousins' fault. I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> Why but <not? laughs> with with this entire team just kind of being ran back, it's another year of Vikings fans being divided. Because you have a group of Viking fans that are kind of like us, where it's just like, hey, this team has a lot of good players, but they're getting kind of old, and you got to keep an eye toward the future. And then there's another group of Viking fans that are just like, I don't care if they win eight games, they're in the hunt, and it's meaningful football and whatever. Like, last year wasn't fun. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe that's something I need to work on, but I mean, last year, playing the Rams, it was just kind of like, eh. You know, you know, you limped into those games and they really didn't give you much to be excited about last season. So I think I mean, it w- that's it kind of the despair that's in there. It, w- it wasn't fun on the Thursday night game when they were up 29 nothing and they almost lost. That wasn't fun. No. Like, like that was a game. It was that fun when they were close. up 29 nothing, but. Yeah, you know. but like, yeah, that w- there was nothing like the most fun they had was week three against the Seahawks when they blew them out. Like. You get like that was one a fun game. game. I went to that game. Whole, Late yeah, kickoff like, got me, but you know. Yeah, like, <laughs> but like that one game, like they're all yeah. like, yeah, like we say we don't care or whatever, or whatever. But uh, like all those games came down to like the final minutes, and you're you know, your heart's beating for a reason. You you know it probably shouldn't be, and you're like, why do I care so much? And it's just like every week, every week, like can't we just have like. Can they either get blown out or blow out somebody or just have this, you know, in the bag? Like, so, yeah, I understand the not wanting to go through that again because, yeah, it's not, that's not fun. I don't care if the games are close. A couple games being close is fine, but not every week. You know, let's, let's not do that again because, you know, Minnesota's heart hospitals are going to fill up pretty fast if that uh, happens again. Well, let's talk about something positive then. And that is Daniil Hunter staying on this roster. The Vikings had a deadline of Sunday for an $18 million roster bonus for Daniil Hunter. His cap hit was $26.1 million. And the Vikings were just like, now we're going to keep him. Because it started with Ben Gessling saying, hey, they're going to trade him. And everybody's kind of bracing for the worst. They wind up keeping him at that full number. Um, Very weird. That they would just say, hey, let's go ahead and pay it, especially with the Vikings cap issues. Um, I wonder, because that bonus can be switched to a signing bonus and spread out. Maybe mm-hmm. that is how the Vikings are planning on making mm-hmm. a substantial offer to Zarius Smith. That mm-hmm. could be a long-term offer. Um, and, and that could be kind of a problem with Daniil Hunter because he's got a very bad agent, if we're being honest. Like he should honestly call Mike McCartney and see if he's willing to uh, represent him because he always <laughs> seems to get Kirk Cousins paid. But uh, what do you think about Daniel Hunter staying on this roster and at this price point? Um, I wouldn't rule out that he's not going to get traded either because the Vikings can still clear uh, 14 million uh, if they trade him before June 1st. So I wouldn't rule that out completely, but I think what this says is that the Vikings probably didn't get what they thought they could uh, in their trade talks. And I think we, I think it was Jordan Rodriguez from uh, The Athletic who covers the Rams pointed out that the Rams were interested. Well, what do we know about the Rams and their draft picks? They don't have any first-round picks for like the next 19 years. So they clearly were like, oh, well, maybe we can get this guy for, you know, a second rounder or a third rounder. And I don't know if that's what the Vikings were willing to do. Maybe a second rounder. They should be willing to give up Daniel Hunter for a second rounder, but possibly, you know, a third rounder. I think, uh, Jeremy Fowler also threw out that the Browns were interested in, uh, Daniel Hunter. I don't know if this was before or after they acquired their new quarterback for three first round picks. So I just think the Vikings didn't get the offers they thought they were going to get, which is understandable because, as much as we like to say, you know, he had these freak injuries the last two seasons, he still has only played seven games, and he everyone knows he's going to want to get paid more as well. Um, but I wouldn't rule him out uh, getting traded, especially around draft time or this summer, uh, depending on what teams get in the draft and, and what injuries happen this summer. Um, but I think if you have Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith, 
on the field at the same time, you've got to be feeling pretty good about your defense, especially the pass rush. Um, so if they can find a way to keep him, I would like that. Uh, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they trade him. If they get an offer, a, a team who's desperate and they, they do, you know, present a first round pick, then that's something you, you have to take. So let's not rule that out. Yet. You know, out of the guys that could have moved, I think Hunter was one of the guys that I was like, keep him, keep him at oh, all yeah. costs because he is a very good pass rusher. Uh, and he's 27 years old. Like all these guys, you know, keeping feeling. Yeah, he's good, but he's 32. Harrison Smith, I think, is 34. Um, yeah, trying to okay. think who else. Kendricks is 32. Like yeah, all yeah. these guys are on the wrong side of 30, and they're kicking the can down the road. Kirk like Cousins. they're gonna, they're yeah, they're gonna get Bobby Bonilla money. They're just gonna get paid <laughs> until the end of time. Yeah, for no reason other than go eight nine wins and can Kevin O'Connell prove us wrong? Yeah, absolutely. He could. I, yep. I think yep. so. I mean, yep. if he comes out and he's really good at this and you know, the whole culture thing is actually a thing. Vikings could win 10, 11 games. I, I can mm-hmm. see that. I think our frustration is, you know, this isn't a Super Bowl team. I think when you're talking about building something sustainable, Daniel Hunter should be a part of that. Now here's yep. the counter argument on that though, because when you look at Daniel Hunter, you could say, okay, he's a really good pass rusher. He's a really good all-around defender. He sets the edge with the Vikings couldn't do at the end of last season, right? But you look at this draft class and you look at what's left in the free agent class, and there's a lot of solid edge rushers that you could pay to get a guy. So maybe you don't have Daniel Hunter on one end, but maybe yep. you trade him for a second-round pick. You get Zadarius Smith. You sign a uh, edge rusher in free agency. Should they you get a couple me? of edge defenders. Yeah, you get a couple of edge defenders in uh, the draft. Like you just load up on edge defenders with your picks, and suddenly you have about four or five solid guys that you could have for one Daniel Hunter. That's not mm-hmm. to say that Hunter is not a solid, you know, superstar player. But right. the Vikings' biggest problem is depth. Like that that's the issue. So if you could find a cost effective thing to turn that into three or four more players, sure. I, would you rather have one great player or three or four good players on the edge? Like that's a fair question. Yeah. I, I think it depends who that is. Cause you could, if you ask someone about that, about Aaron Donald, I think they're going to always pick Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it just depends you know what you're asking. I think this. My own theory. <laughs> I think this regime. Uh, uh, well, at least I knew who Aaron Donald was, which is not something Urban Meyer can say. Um, but um, you know, I think this this regime where Quasi comes from values the the trenches, which would indicate that they would like to keep Daniel Hunter, and they value that he is a very good pass rusher. You know, the key is uh, making keeping him happy, and um, you know deciding whether or not to keep him long-term or not. Um, and I think the Vikings are still kind of in the middle of that. Like they have to figure out, uh, you know, where, where do, what, what does Neil Hunter want to do next year? Does he, does he want to be in Minnesota? Does he want to help this team that maybe that is trying to contend? Like I, I rewatched like the, the press conference with, with Mark Wolf last night after Zimmer and Spielman got fired. And it was very clear that he was like, this is this is not a rebuild. Like we we're gonna get guys and we're gonna just we need guys who can get us that extra step. Like they felt Spielman and Zimmer were holding them back. And if that's the case, then you know you need to keep someone like Daniel Hunter, uh, who can when he's on the field, he's you know, one of the best pet pass rushers in the league. So, you know, like I said, I would like them to keep him. And if they don't, oh well. But you know, best case scenario. They sign someone like like Zadaria Smith. It doesn't have to necessarily be Zadaria Smith. It could be someone else, um, and then they keep Hunter because I think he could be very good in a, a three four uh, base defense, just like standing up, rushing from the outside. So I'm very curious to see how he does in that, and that that might even like help him stay healthier because he doesn't have to be in a three point stance all the time and and make contact immediately with, with some of these big offensive linemen. He can just stand up and kind of avoid them. So we'll see. What uh, Anything else you think on, on Daniel Hunter? I, I kind of agree with you on the 3-4 thing because, I mean, the guy's built like a UFC fighter. <laughs> yeah. I think – I'm not sure what he does for, like, 
hand training and like kind of right. working on his moves and stuff. But I mean, it, it might be a good thing. Yeah. You're giving up another step to the uh, offensive lineman you're going up against, but I, I mean that running head of steam with Daniel Hunter, I don't think I'd want to deal with that. So It'll be interesting. I, I don't know. The only thing that I could think of is we could be looking toward a hold in, which TJ yeah. Watt did last year, yeah. um, where he reports to camp, gets his money, but he just refuses to do anything. Didn't and he the, do that? The team doesn't. Didn't Daniel Hunter kind of do that? Didn't Daniel kind of do that last year when he went to OTAs and he he showed up, but he didn't he didn't do anything? I think so, but it was only like a day. Like TJ Watt yeah. did it throughout all of yeah. training camp. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, it's training camp. He's a veteran, but he wound up having a lot of injuries because he didn't participate in those drills. I, yep. That, that is a correlation. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll just see what we happens. Like, I guess you, you could be like Dalvin cook and, and threaten to hold out and then realize, Oh yeah, I can't do that. Cause I'm gonna get fined 50 grand a day. So uh, just kidding. I'll be, I'll be at camp. Don't worry about me. See you there. See, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about the contract when we get there. Um, it's just one of the memory, many memorable moments over the past 800 days where the Vikings have been under 500. I, I feel like I did. Some people might think I have balloons and streamers in the back and everything else. I mean, I, I wish I had. That would just be fun to launch some of those out. Do you have some? I have a balloon right here. It's trolls. It's a big purple. That's a big oh, yeah. purple balloon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. Hey, we're not celebrating this. This no. is just kind no. of a big number because that's, I think, something that people forget. Too big. And, Too big. You know, over the last couple of days, we kind of talked about it a little bit. The Vikings have decided to run a lot of this roster back. Uh, Kirk Cousins has void money on his deal. Uh, Adam Thielen has a little bit of void money. That's been reported. Nobody knows how much, but... They're basically charging the credit card for 2024 and 2025 for this season. And really, if you bring back the same guys, I don't know if that's a wise idea to do that for a whole bunch of people in their 30s. So we talked about Zadarius Smith coming on and making this a better team. Is this team going to be better if they hit on all their draft picks? Because I think at this point, Quasi needs to crush the draft. Not like... Yeah. A couple of contributors like find maybe some kind of form of the 2015 draft where you wind up with four starters and two of them are all for all pros. Yeah, he he definitely does. And right now the Vikings have have eight draft picks and they don't have one in the fourth round. Thanks to Rick Spielman sending a fourth rounder to the New York Jets to get uh you know all pro tight end Chris Herndon. Uh, not exactly. Um, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of pressure on him to hit on this draft pretty immediately because the Vikings, you know, top guys, ownership or whatever wants them to be a contender. Now, what is helping the Vikings is that pretty much every decent quarterback from the NFC is going to the AFC, it feels like, um, or at least, you know, all of the top quarterbacks in the NFL are, are in the AFC subtract uh, you know Tom Brady and and Aaron Rodgers um but right now it seems like the Vikings contending like they probably won't even have to try too hard to get into the playoffs uh next season based on the players that, that are coming back and the the other teams around them that are losing their players you know the Matt Ryan just went to the Colts today we had Sean Watson for the Browns Russell Wilson went to the Seahawks you know more could be to come uh, as far as trades or whatever, um, the Packers are losing a bunch of players. Tom Brady is back, but and then that whole division is just a wreck with the Falcons, Panthers, and and Saints. I think the Saints just signed Jameis Winston too. Uh, you know, are the, who are the 49ers going with? Jimmy Garoppolo's hurt. They sound like they they're not too thrilled with Trey Lance's progression. So, like contending for the Vikings next year. Is not going to be hard. Now, would I prefer them to do it with a roster that looks much, much different? If they want to keep Kirk Cousins, that is that is what it is. But you got to make some other moves, I feel like. You got to make some tough decisions. There's a reason why 
The Vikings have never won a Super Bowl with this ownership, or even in the last eight years. It's it's because they keep guys too long, and that's something that other teams who win Super Bowls are good at. They're good at getting rid of players before they even get to this point where they, you know, are too long and they're treading water or whatever. So, um, it it is what it is right now. I I wouldn't take this plan uh, if you're going to keep some players. Just just get rid of some. Like I think every. Not everyone. A lot of people were frustrated last week when they restructure Harrison Smith, restructure Thielen, sign a defensive tackle, sign a linebacker, uh, and you know, extend Cousins. Like people are like, why? Why did we? Why did we get rid of Rick Spielman if we're just gonna roll with with his roster pretty much and do the same things that he's doing? But again, that was the first week of free agency, so there's plenty of time and and. And Quasi is meeting with uh, the media on Wednesday. I'm not sure too much what he will say other than collaborate 17,000 times. Uh, but you know, I I'm still still you know up. But let's let's just make this theme of this episode cautiously optimistic. It should just actually be the theme of the entire offseason um, because we just don't know. Um, but you know that what what they've done so far would not be what I would do. Cause, cause we talked about for 2022, you get like a free year to like a free pass to, to do whatever you want. Cause you're new, you're brand new. And I feel like Vikings ownership would understand that, but that's not what they're doing. I think it's frustrating that the areas of weakness have not been addressed. Like I can understand them not wanting to sign a wide receiver because they're all expensive. Um, I thought my door just kicked open. <laughs> Angry Vikings fans are like, we've had enough of your negativity, Chris. That's <laughs> enough right there. I guess I left it open or something. I thought I heard something. Um, outside of the paranormal activity, like look look at all the weaknesses that they had. Offensive line, you know, the only addition they made is Austin Schlotman. Uh, the secondary, the only, I, they haven't made an addition. Uh, Cameron Ansler and Chris Boyd are your quarterback one and two. Boyd's really good at the gram, but not good at defending opposing receivers. Who is starting next to Harrison Smith? Is it Cam Bynum or is it some other free agent that they're going to grab? Um, you know, I, I think most of the areas are set, but I mean, you probably still need three corners. You could draft a couple of guys that would be okay. with. I mean, people are going to lose their minds if the Vikings take a corner in the first round. I, I would be jacked. If it's Sauce Gardner, I, I would. I can't do backflip, but I mean, I would attempt it, which might be bad because I'd be out on this podcast for a couple weeks. But I, I mean, <laughs> Sauce Gardner would be great. You know, Daryl Stingley, people are kind of scared off because of the Liz Frank injury. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's not a, do your homework. Yeah, that, that that's it. I, I mean, once those weaknesses kind of get filled up with something other than like a one year band-aid, I think we'll feel a lot better about things. But as of right now, like you still look at this team, it's like, okay, you still got the same problems you had a year ago. Like, how do you fix them? Yeah, I think I think once the Vikings once they probably draft a quarterback, that's not in the third or third round or later. Like once they draft one in the first or second round, I think that's when people are gonna be like, okay, I think you know things are gonna be changing. And, you know, they're trying to do something different. Um, and that's not to say that they will either, because from what we've learned so far, you know, it doesn't sound like they, they want to move on from Cousins. They're very, you know, he's a very accurate quarterback, so they want to keep him around because uh, he's, you know, got one of the strongest arms in the league and he's he's incredibly accurate. Um, if you haven't heard, he's accurate. Um, so that's why they want to keep him around, see what they can do. Um, but, you know, there's just a bunch of time in the offseason. We saw the Vikings, what, they signed Breland in, like, June or July. Um, so they can probably do it was some late, of that stuff. Yeah. yeah, they can do some of that stuff, too. Not that it, it helped at all because he was terrible. Uh, so I'm not maybe suggesting they do that. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't even – I've been kind of trying to sit back and, and and try and stay positive to what these, these guys have been doing so far. And I'm not impressed, but I'm I'm just like, okay, just I guess we'll just wait and see what happens. But I think we bringing back a lot of people like if a lot of like like Trey Waynes was released today by the Bengals 
And immediately people were like, bring, bring him on a, a vet minimum contract back to the Vikings. And I'm just like, no, no, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm nope. sitting here going, okay, yeah, I, whatever. Give no, me bodies. No. Like, Give I me want, bodies. I want new people. I would take I Trey Waynes over Chris Boyd. Yeah, yeah, but I want, but I want, I want new people in here. I don't, I don't want people that I know. I don't want people that I know. That's fine. Have, we've already yeah. seen before, like that we've seen fail. That's what I want. I want someone to be, come in here that I have never seen fail inside U.S. Bank Stadium. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But I just want we got an uh, entire new regime, so I want to see new things. I think that's why people were so excited about these two guys coming in, and then so far, there hasn't really been a whole lot of new stuff. So uh you know whoops those are you know that that's my thoughts i guess you know you have anything else um well i got one more topic here but i want to ask this because it was on my mind today so matt ryan gets traded to the indianapolis colts uh for the longest time the vikings were the place where quarterbacks go to die is indianapolis that place now um i don't know they still have a first round pick next year right i think so because they only gave a third to the Falcons, so they could look at Matt Ryan as their first winner. went to Philly for Carson Wentz, though, right? This year, this year, twenty twenty-three. Yeah, I'm talking about yes. next year. They have a first, which is okay. which is supposedly the better quarterback draft uh, than this year. So this could be a one or two year, you know, fly. I guess flyer on uh, Matt Ryan, and you look at the options they had out there. It was like Baker Mayfield, no, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. <sighs> They didn't like Jimmy Garoppolo because he wasn't gonna be able to like work out work out until training camp, and they would rather if you're a new quarterback, they want you in their system like in OTAs and stuff, working out. So they didn't. I like think him. the Niners are gonna have to cut him. Like they, uh, unless they're like gonna, they're gonna do it, they're gonna do a, like a Sam Bradford type of deal where like someone gets hurt, like 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 say like Joe Burrow goes down or whatever in training camp or in preseason, then because. Garoppolo, you only got to have him for a year. So a lot of teams are going to be like, and it's only like 20, 25 million. So a lot of teams are going to be like, okay, I, you know, we need a guy. We want to compete still. So let's, let's, let's take a chance on him because injuries happen. This is football. It's going to happen. So I think the Niners are probably banking on that more. They also don't feel too good about Trey Lance. So they might just keep him. They might keep Garoppolo because they went to the, they were a game away from the Super Bowl last year. So it's not like they're terrible with him on the field. Um, but the Colts, yeah, like, I don't think they had many options and, and Matt Ryan was their best option. His salary is not great, but the Colts could afford it because they have like a ton of cap space. Um, and I think Matt Ryan is better than Carson Wentz. I think he, Matt Ryan is a little underrated and I think he probably had to do more than he had to in, or more than he should have in, uh, Atlanta and with, the Colts, they're probably they have Jonathan Taylor and you know good defense. So he's gonna be able to just kind of play to his strengths a little bit like Matthew Stafford did with the Rams. So I think that's what the Colts are making on. Like, you know, the, the Rams just did this with Matthew Stafford. Why can't we do this with, with Matt Ryan? So I'm curious, but they're also in the AFC, which we just talked about is just gonna be a bloodbath next year. So, you know, I don't maybe the Colts can sneak sneak in. Their division isn't too tough the titans i guess but yeah i i I don't think it was a bad trade what did you think of it i think it's fine i mean it just reminded me like the vikings of yesteryear where they were getting jim mcmahon and uh rich gannon warren Warren moon Moon. um you know who else randall cunningham jeff george um (laughs) brett Favre, donovan mcnab oh god it's terrible were you excited when it's that only, happened? Not really. I was I was kind of confused. I'm like, yeah. I guess it's a bridge for Ponder and man, McNabb and Ponder in the same room as uh I think I had a McNabb jersey. Like I was like legit like, oh man. Like I think he just had a bad year in Washington. He's going to, you know, come to Minnesota and and be, you know, revive his career and it was like Nah, he doesn't even want to play football. He's just here to get paid. And then uh, that's pretty evident from the first couple games. And they're like, all right, we're going to bench you for Christian Ponder. That's how terrible you are. Uh, so You're also a Syracuse yeah. guy, though. So that makes a lot of sense. <sighs> yeah, he was. He's easily 
the probably the best quarterback in Syracuse history. Um, now I wouldn't say player because they had Jim Brown and uh, uh, did they have Gail Ernie Sayers? Davis? Ernie Davis, you're right, you're right, you're right. But did Gail- Sayers went to Kansas? But yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, Ernie Davis and Jim Brown. So obviously McNabb is not the best player to come from Syracuse. Marvin Harrison as well. Uh, went there. Dwight Franey. I'm just going to sit here and name Syracuse players because they had like five. Chandler Jones. If that is honestly. Yeah, he did. You're right. You're right. That's honestly one of my favorite like games to play around with, uh, you know, my friends just sitting around having some beers, like just Mm -hmm. start naming random players. Like somebody tosses out a college and then you have to like go around and try and. Especially Syracuse football. Not not exactly known as a powerhouse uh, when it comes to. To football, basketball, you know, the other hand, you know, you got Carmelo and Johnny Flynn. I know Minnesota fans are very uh, familiar with Mr. Johnny Flynn. Uh, maybe not. Let's not talk about him anymore because we might get banned from YouTube or something. Uh, that hurts more than uh, Donovan and McNabb, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> it does. Um, but, uh, yeah. It's yeah. okay. All we right. got Ant now. We got Ant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you came up with this last topic, and I thought it was interesting enough. I'll so put it on me. Throw me under the bus. Okay. Let, yeah, let's talk about it. But Deshaun Watson got traded to the Cleveland Browns uh, for a slew of draft picks, most notably three first-rounders and some change. Uh, an article by Jason Lloyd and Jeff Oh, well, don't Powell forget about that, that fully guaranteed contract he got, $230 I'm, I'm getting there. I'm okay. getting there. I was like, wow. I, I, yeah. Yeah. But – uh, the article by Jason Lloyd and Jeff Howe of the athletic, uh, basically laid out the whole process of him, you know, landing in Cleveland. And they said that the Browns had to go to Houston and meet at Rusty Harden's, uh, offices, who his lawyer, um, they talked with him. It was just a couple of people. And they said the Browns homework before the thing was that, uh, they talked to Watson's defense attorneys who said, Oh yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Which totally makes sense. Cause there's defense attorneys. What are they going to say? Uh, no. Yeah. You don't do some bad stuff there, but <laughs> his, uh, yeah, his prosecutor attorney was like, Hey, like they never talked to me. If they talked to me, they would never would have traded for him. Hmm. But what I got a kick out of was this whole thing felt like a free agent courting thing where everybody mm-hmm. went to him they laid out their presentations. Uh, the Falcons rolled in pictures of him being a ball boy. Like, and, and the whole thing just reeks because he winds up getting, as you mentioned, a $230 million fully guaranteed contract that is a base salary of $1 million where if he gets suspended, all the money is going to come out of that. So basically, this catered to contract and you had brought up to me, what would we feel like if the Vikings had I actually pulled the trigger on this? And this whole article just made the whole process sound dirty, like take a shower type dirty, because those 22 civil cases are still out there. Yeah, there's no criminal charges, but this is a situation if it were the Viking quarterback. Um Let's just put it this way. I'm very glad he didn't land in Minnesota because there would be some very interesting conversations going on right now. For sure. Um, I think it, the the athletic article also mentioned that they they talked to Watson for a half hour about his his legal situation, um, uh, and then the rest of the time then back to football. football. So, <laughs> that's all they needed. Half hour. Uh, like, and then they're, they're like, here's 200, here's a quarter million dollars after talking to you for a half hour, which there's no guarantee that he's not going to do this again, or uh, that what he's accused of. Um, and, you know, these 22 civil lawsuits accusing him of, uh, you know, sexual assault, um, sexual, sexual misconduct. Um, just because there's 22 also doesn't mean there's not more as well, because there's there's people that have spoken to reporters and stuff that have said they haven't filed, but they have experienced some of the same things that are described in these lawsuits. So there, there are more. Um, yeah. The thing that, that rubs me the wrong way is that as soon as, you know, he didn't get, he found out he wasn't going to be indicted 
teams were just like, oh, well, pff, he's fine now. Uh, well, you know, he's good. Good to go. Uh, when one, he's, he's going to probably get suspended by the NFL. They don't know how long. Could be two games, four games, six games, the whole year, maybe. It really depends on what, like, what kind of statement Roger Goodell wants to do because this is this is up to him, um, what he wants to do. Um, and yeah, it was pretty gross that they gave him a one year or a one million dollar base salary if he gets suspended and he doesn't lose a lot of money. Like, what? Like, you're you're like catering to his, uh, like, act, not criminal activity, but you know disgusting activity i would say um but yeah if he if the vikings did all of this to get to sean watson i would have a hard time rooting for this this franchise i would still cover them but it would be hard for me to root for a team that did all this like climbed like over the table did flips and everything to land this person who was accused of pretty some pretty disgusting crimes, not even crimes, but just accusations. Um, it just it seemed it sounded there were reports that the Vikings had some interest. A lot of teams did have interest. Oh. A lot of teams didn't have the you know capital or assets or whatever to give up uh, what was apparently needed to acquire Watson. But but I, I'll be honest, I would have a hard time. You know, maybe maybe I would come back and. And root for for them at a later time, and you know, stuff might come out where you know he didn't do any of this stuff or whatever. Then then that's fine. But but twenty two is is too large of a number for me to just sit here and ignore just because he didn't get indicted. Which if you've done any research or anything on on sexual assault cases, typically prosecutors don't want to uh, indict people, especially if they are you know big name people because they're likely to lose uh because usually they're he said she she said cases and they don't want to have their name attached to a case that loses so that's why a lot of these cases go to civil lawsuits so that these you know uh people the victims can at least get some sort of closure from from what they experienced um but yeah i would have a hard time rooting for the vikings i kind of felt similar with adrian peterson but i feel like the vikings kind of did not that they had an option, but they weren't like trying to fight for Adrian Peterson in, in the public eye. Like he didn't do anything wrong. They didn't do that. They just were like, the league will take care of it. And that's all we, we can do. So those are my feelings. You know, what? how would you feel? Well, I mentioned it last week. A lot of this depends on how much risk a front office is willing to take. Obviously, Cleveland was able to take all of the risk on. Um, but it doesn't make it right. Like I, I hate to be that guy. Like, I don't know how you fix this, but I, I I don't know how you fix this because people are still going to keep trading for these guys. Like Mike Vick killed a whole bunch of dogs in his backyard. And then he comes back and everybody's like, Oh wow. What a reclamation story. They'll do the same thing for Deshaun Watson. If he goes to Cleveland and wins an MVP award, it'll He'll be listed for comeback player of the year. Like that's just how the NFL works. And it's gross. It's sickening. It, it, there should be something done about it. And, and I feel bad that I don't have a suggestion on what they should do. Should Goodell just drop the hammer on Watson? Like, why do you have 22 cases? Like what is going on here? Yeah. Like, I, I I don't know how you do it because I, I, a GM like Quasey He's got a four-year contract. If you have a superstar like Deshaun Watson available and you see him from a football standpoint, you're going, okay, let's at least call on this guy and see what happens. Like, like, I I think calling on him is just due diligence. But, yeah, the whole recruiting thing and everything else just feels really sleazy. And... Yeah, it just it's just a weird situation all around. Like the Browns saying they want an adult at quarterback and they go and get him. Like what? Yeah. And, yeah. and then there's I read the, the other day that uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick's probably, you know, his time is probably passed to to come back because teams are too afraid they don't want to get into that, you know, PR mess or whatever. Uh 
But what is Deshaun Watson like? People aren't going to ask Deshaun Watson a bunch of questions. That's not a that's that's a, not a worse PR like thing than Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick's like fighting for people's human rights, and he can't get anything in the league because he's quote unquote controversial. Like Kaepernick should be in the league before Deshaun Watson. Like, and the I league is embraced. Yeah. What, yeah. Ka- what Kaepernick was trying to promote now. And they're like, what? Who's Kaepernick? Who's and now Kaepernick? they're like, yeah, we're going to take all your ideas, but uh, you can't, you still can't play because we don't want you to answer any questions and get the spotlight on you or whatever. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, like you said, it's probably going to happen. Like, it doesn't, doesn't matter who, who it happens to. If you're good at throwing touchdown passes, if you're good at scoring touchdowns, if you get, if you sack the quarterback a lot, you're going to get, a pass you know these teams these are billion dollar these are businesses these are billion dollar businesses and there's a lot of money at stake and teams and owners are willing to do whatever it takes to make even more money and morals do not exist to a lot of the teams i'm not going to speak for all teams because there are some teams out there that do uh make the right decisions when it comes to things like this um but there are also a lot of teams that don't but you know i'm curious to see what happens to watson moving forward like what what they what kind of if he gets a suspension at all and and what happens with will there be there more will there be more cases will these get resolved you know i've seen a lot of people who are or longtime browns fans who are like i'm done with this team like i'm done like it's not it's like this team is putting, you know, their their team ahead of uh, people who have been, you know, allegedly victimized, and that's not that's not that doesn't feel right. Doesn't it just doesn't feel it feels slimy. Yeah, like you, I think you said that it doesn't doesn't feel right. So, thankfully, they did not trade him, trade for him, so we don't have to deal with this. Uh, and he is the Browns' problem, or solution maybe he does come back and lead him to the super bowl and then everyone's like we should have traded for him that could happen too but right now i don't think too many people are are sad that he's he's not on the vikings that's all i have to say on that well that is all the time we have for the viking age podcast today once again we do this every monday and thursday at 6 15 p.m central time make sure you subscribe to the viking age channel Give us a comment, like, do all those YouTube things so you never miss a new episode. For Adam Patrick, I am Chris Shad. Signing off, we'll see you on Thursday right here on the Viking Age Podcast.